Before we get on with today's episode, I have a major life announcement. I am back to doing hockey play-by-play, so check my Twitter, Locked On Devils, and also TreyMat4. That's my personal Twitter account, and I will give you guys a schedule of which games I'm supposed to do this weekend uh, for my college. So once again, check out my Twitters, uh, TreyMat4 and Locked On Devils, and you will find the schedule of which games I'm supposed to announce this weekend. Really looking forward to it, and hopefully you guys can tune in. Okay, let's uh, talk about the Devils now. So Alexander Holt being potentially moved to the top six particularly the top line to start the season also how is that going to shake up the rest of our potential lines and who are some players to look forward to in this matchup between the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils like I said scrimmages give Lindy Ruff a lot of leeway to try out some new things and also uh, there's an announcement regarding the Utica comments so time is winding down for some players to make an overall impact we have a lot to discuss in this episode so buckle up your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 5.54 p.m. Eastern Time, September 30th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And when this episode goes up live, it will be October 1st. So happy uh, first day of October, everybody. Hopefully you're preparing well for Halloween. I have a killer uh, costume in mind, so hopefully that comes into fruition. So if you hadn't checked out the last episode, I basically broke down the entire game uh, between the Washington Capitals and the New Jersey Devils, albeit it's preseason. And like I said, usually you want to take those games with a grain of salt, but I saw a lot of great things that I think it was worth talking about, particularly what happened with the first line of Jack Hughes, Igor Sharangovich, and also Alexander Holtz, because I think the most surprising player was Alexander Holtz, because it seemed like he was asserting himself. He was able to get a goal on a nice two-on-one opportunity in favor of the New Jersey Devils, and uh, also he made a great pass over to uh, Igor Sharangovich to make the game one to nothing, just shooting it from uh, the defensive zone of the New Jersey Devils, uh, just barely uh, giving it off to Igor Sharangovich in traffic, nonetheless. It was a really great pass. So just to paint the picture, because it was so nice, I have to talk about it twice. So uh, so uh, just imagine, Alexander Holtz is in the defensive zone for the New Jersey Devils, just below uh, that respective blue line. He was able to pass it uh, across the rink, across neutral zone, over to Igor Sharangovich. Uh, Sharangovich is, uh, catches it. Um, just outside of the blue line of the attacking zone for the New Jersey Devils. The Washington Capitals were doing a line change, so there was a lot of traffic in the lane, and the fact that he did it so effortlessly and just was able to deliver it to uh, Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich goes on the breakaway, goes for the backhander, and scores. You know, things like that is just so amazing. And then when you're looking at Dawson Mercer's uh, overall goal, and, you know, Bryce Salvador broke it down on his Twitter page, um, you know, it's just amazing what Dawson Mercer was able to do. Just the sign of maturity just so young being able to you know just take advantage of the Capitals defense because he was being swarmed by the defense for the Washington Capitals and the fact that he was able to just wiggle on by he was getting pitched uh you know on the short side about to go below the goal line and made a very uh nice precision shot 
and that was just beautiful. But, you know, it does raise a question because uh, Dan Rice actually tweeted this out. He said training camp for the AHL program, the Utica Comets, will be starting in the next couple of days. So you can expect some players to get cut from the New Jersey Devils roster and they'll be sent down to the AHL program. It does raise a question as though, you know, should some players be given the chance to begin the season at the NHL level, particularly we're looking at like Alexander Holtz, we're looking at Dawson Mercer, and you know, it, it overall makes us think like who's going to be sent down and you know, who deserves another shot with the Devils to begin uh, you know, the year. And that's why I love these scrimmages because it gives you a chance to see, you know, what can this person do, uh, you know, against a team other than their own because the New Jersey Devils were doing inter squad matchups. And the fact that Alexander Holtz had a shaky. Um, you know, uh, training camp with the New Jersey Devils, and then he comes out and does what he does against a team like the Washington Capitals. Like I said, preseason, take it with a grain of salt, but still, the fact that he was able to do that was pretty impressive. And, um, you know, now it raises the question, what's going to happen to someone like Quokin and what's going to happen to Zaka? Because the thing is, is that, you know, you need to uh, basically restructure your lineup a little bit because I'm hearing, um, you know, a lot of fans saying they're willing to let Alexander Holtz uh, be the top six uh, person and, you know, they won't complain about it. So, you know, I saw this tweet that actually caught some traction. They said, Sharon Govich, Hughes, Holtz, Tatar, Heizer, Brat, Zaka, Mercer, Kwokinen, Wood, McLeod, and Janssen. So, like I said, the, that's that would be the overall forward lineup for the New Jersey Devils. So, you got Sharon Govich and Hughes at the top line. Then, for the second line, it pretty much stays intact. And then, for the third line, that's pretty interesting. Zaka, Mercer, and Kwokinen. And then, for the fourth line, you got Wood, McLeod, and Janssen. So, I guess the overall question is, are we ready to put Alexander Holtz into the fire? Are we ready to basically restructure our entire projected roster? And how will this affect us? We're going to talk all about that in a second. But first, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning. And it comes from Bet Online. So we're back and better than ever. No, not the NHL. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from football, basketball boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Remember to visit our friends at Locked On Bets as well for all of your betting needs there. And remember to gamble responsibly, please. And now the second live read comes from DirecTV. So this is very relevant for some of you football fans. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So when we're talking about Alexander Holtz and him potentially playing on the first 
first line. I must say, that is very compelling. However, I don't want to throw Alexander Holt into the fire quite yet because I don't think it's quite necessary. Because the, the thing about Alexander Holt is, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, it was just one game. And yes, he had a few great highlights, especially uh, that two-on-one opportunity that he had with Jack Hughes in which he decided to take it upon himself and score, and also that great pass to Sharon Govich. But at the end of the day, is it really worth the risk to put uh, Alexander Holtz on the top line and put that amount of pressure on him already? I still believe Alexander Holtz should be on our roster to start the season, but I just don't think uh, he should be given that big of a role quite yet. I don't think he's earned it because like I told you guys, it's scrimmages. We got to take that with a grain of salt. And remember, Alexander Holtz was struggling during our inner squad matchup. So, you know, we got to take that into consideration. So for Alexander Holtz, we need to crawl before we walk. There's no reason to put that amount of pressure on him, especially since we're trying to be like a dark horse playoff team and we need everything to go right. And we just need players who have been in our organization for at least a season. So that way they're used to the system. They know what to do and overall they just know each other's strengths and weaknesses Alexander Holtz is still trying to work on that so I'd say be very 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 patient with Alexander Holtz and just you know let's start him out on the fourth line maybe the third line and then you know if he gradually improves then we can put him on our first line but for right now I just don't think it's in our best interest to put Alexander Holtz on that top line however you know it does raise the question should Kulkinen be on that first line with Sharon Govich and Jack Hughes because the thing I told you guys before it seems as though Sharon Govich and and uh, Jack Hughes will do just fine without Kulkinen but my question is will Kulkinen do just fine without them because was it uh, Kulkinen's skill set that made him good or was it just Jack Hughes making him look good and you know we'll talk about that later in the episode but I want to talk about the other projected lines that this uh, fan tweeted out. So Tatar, uh, Heizer, and Brat. Uh, that that's pretty much uh, I, I think the line that's going to be because uh, Tatar uh, his defense is pretty shaky to say the least so you need to put him with someone like Nico Heizer who could potentially win a Selkie in the given future if he plays in enough games and then you got Jesper Brat who's a decent two-way player and then uh, this is something that's very interesting and something that I think Lindy Ruff should consider Mercer, Zaka, and Kwokinen. So the thing is, you know, we, we, we know what Mercer can bring to the table. And quite honestly, guys, I, I think we need to give Mercer a chance because uh, it, I don't know if any of you follow Corey Massasak on The Athletic, but he's basically been, you know, following very closely with the practices that the New Jersey Devils are having. And, you know, he was able to tweet something very interesting. So in his tweet, he said, Dawson Mercer just knocked down a Dougie Hamilton outlet pass during a five-on-five drill, turned it into an instant two-on-one, and scored on a give-and-go against Mackenzie Blackwood. So the fact that he has that amount of knowledge and that amount of skill for such a young player. So you can say that, you know, that goal against the Washington Capitals was a fluke because, like I said, he was being swarmed in by the defense. He was able to find just a sliver of breathing room, get past him. He was getting pinched on the short side, about to go below the goal line, and precision at its finest, like, you know, that's something that not even a math genius could do. He was able to just go top shelf and just find the slightest amount of daylight to score the goal and quite honestly guys you just can't teach that you just can't because the thing that um you know most rookies would have done in that circumstance they would have just dumped the puck come off the ice and just you know get a new shift 
So, but the fact that Dawson Mercer took it upon himself to just say, you know what? Okay, I'm getting swarmed, but there has to be an opening. There has to be something I could do because he didn't have much help at all. Because, like I said, the New Jersey Devils, they were doing a line change. And, you know, Dawson Mercer, he had possession of the puck. He should have just dumped the puck in and just uh, play it safe and, you know, just, you know, get another opportunity later in the game. But, like I said, you just don't teach that very often. And that, that was just amazing. And you just don't, like, that's something you either have or you don't. And for Dawson Mercer, I think he's, you know, deserving a chance to be like Alexander Holtz, which is he starts the season off with the New Jersey Devils. So, and like I said, you know, he could take, you know, uh, Jesper Boquist's position because, uh, like I've mentioned many, many, many times, I don't think Boquist is going to contribute much to our team. I think he'll either get traded, he'll get waived, sent down, but I, I just don't think there's any room for him on this improving team because Boquist has shown me no signs of improvement. So I just want to take that into consideration as well. But, you know, for, for Dawson Mercer, the fact that he was able to do what he did in that game against the Capitals and the fact that he was able to do uh, what he did with Dougie Hamilton, which Dougie Hamilton gave him an outlet pass uh, during a five-on-five five and turned it into an instant two-on-one, scored on a give-and-go against Mackenzie Blackwood. That's our starting goalie. Like, Dawson Mercer is just a kid. Mackenzie Blackwood has been in this league for a few years and has established himself to be, you know, somewhat of a decent netminder, if you ask me. So the fact that he was able to do that is pretty interesting. So I, I want everyone to take that into consideration as well. So going back to that potential line that that fan tweeted out, the, the fact that, you know, I, I kind of like it because you can move uh, Zaka to a wing position because I think everyone agrees that Zaka is just not capable of playing center position. Now he held his own um, last year uh, when Heijer was out, but it seemed like he uh, really was starting to come into full fruition at the end of the season when he moved to a winger position, in my opinion. So, you know, moving Mercer to that center position, then having Quokinen, because I believe Mercer could be like a store-bought version of Jack Hughes, which is like, you know, it's not Jack Hughes, but it's a good substitute because he's making the smart plays. So if he's able to make the smart plays, I think he can make the people around him better and give them that much-needed energy. So uh, I say Quokinen should be moved out of the top six for the betterment of the team. And maybe, you know, we've been talking about who's going to be in that top six position, Zaka or Quokinen. Now it's quite possible that both of them are going to be moved out of the top six position, you know, if Holtz continues to do what he does. But like I said, that's uh, uh, sometime down the line. I'm not really thinking about that in that context right now. Now for that final line pairing of Wood, McLeod, and Janssen, um, I'm okay with McLeod and Janssen being on the fourth line. However, I'm a little, uh, how would I say it, thickening about Wood being on that fourth line. I just don't think he deserves it. I think he's a very solid player because the thing about Wood is that um, you know, yes, you could essentially say he played on the fourth line last year, but remember that line of him, Bash, and McLeod was our most consistent line, and they were playing as much as the second line, uh, especially to finish out the part of the year. So the fact that, you know, Wood was able to just improve that line because he was one of the leaders last year on the team and make them the most consistent line, uh, get the most out of Nathan Bashing, get the most out of Mikey McLeod, and, you know, the fact that he was able to make that fourth line into like a third line and then into a second line because remember we were bringing up a lot of like rookies and young people unestablished and um, you know we, we, we had to make room for them so we moved that line up and the New Jersey Devils from what I hear don't number their lines it's just a matter of how do you play and that line was playing well like I mentioned our most consistent line so 
um, you know, they deserved to uh, be moved up in terms of getting more ice time. So I, I don't know how I feel about basically downgrading Wood back over to the fourth line. However, uh, it could just be like, hey, can you do what you did last year, which is can you get the most out of, well, we got the most out of McLeod. Can you get the most out of Janssen? So it, it, I'm seeing a pro and a con, and I'm being left in two minds because on the if I'm Miles Wood, on the one end, I'm saying like, okay, I got to do what I did last year, which is I got to whip these players into shape. I got to get the most out of them. I got to make them perform consistently. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort because the fourth line, you know, when we're talking about in context, because like I said, the New Jersey Devils don't really number their lines, plays the least amount of minutes on the ice per game. It's just meant to uh, be out there just to, you know, give uh, the starters uh, a rest for a few moments. And they're not really projected to do much. It's usually your worst players that just eat up minutes. And then, um, you know, uh, so you're just giving you that sort of context. So um, when, when I'm thinking of, like, from Miles Wood's perspective, I'm being left in two minds. On the one end, I'm just like, okay, do what I did last year, which is just try to improve these players and uh, move us up in the rankings. But on the other hand, it's just like, man, I worked so hard to get to where I'm at, and now you're basically demoting me in, in the likes of Alexander Holtz. Like I said, this is where politics come into play, and this is where, you know, uh, egos can get crushed. And, you know, for Miles Wood, like I said, he's one of the leaders on this team. He's a consistent player. He uh, was having himself a career year last year, despite him uh, only uh, being able to play in 56 games like the rest of the players in the NHL. It's just like, you know, if he played in the full 82-game season like everyone else, uh, you know, if COVID wasn't a factor, then um, I feel as though he, he would have uh, just had much higher numbers. In fact, I know he would have. That's what he was projected to do. But, you know, at the same time, it's just like it, it goes to show you uh, that we have options now because we weren't really having this discussion last season. But it, it's very interesting. But, you know, at the same time, I just don't know how I feel about Alexander Holtz being thrown into the fire right away. I would have to see it in one more game. Or if I'm Lindy Ruff, take uh, Sharon Govich out the game. Take Hughes out the game, So which is what they're going to do mostly likely in the next game against the Rangers to give more people reps but I would say you know play a game where Holtz is playing but not Sharon Govich or Hughes because I want to see what Alexander Holtz is capable of doing by himself because like I said the same situation with Quokinen because it could be possible that Quokinen was you know being made better than he uh, actually was thanks to Jack Hughes and like I said Jack Hughes can do just fine without Quokinen Sharon Govich can do just fine without Quokinen but can Quokinen do uh, better without both of them? And that's what we're going to see most likely in tomorrow night's matchup against the New York Rangers at the time of this recording, obviously. When this episode goes live, it'll actually be game day once again. So, you know, just, just putting that into uh, consideration. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But first, I have to give you guys the third and final live read this morning. And it comes from rockauto.com. So with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain all-parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more from the same uh, chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use 
website to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com, everybody. So similar to what I did a couple episodes ago, I'm going to give you guys some players to watch out for in our matchup tonight against the New York Rangers because why not? I was correct about players to look out for a couple episodes ago, so why not be correct on uh, once again? I love being correct. I don't know about you guys. So uh, here's some players that you should keep an eye out for in tonight's matchup. So the first one I want to start off with, and we've kind of talked about him already on the show, is Yanni Kwokinen. So the thing about Kwokinen is that this is going to be a good experiment to see if he is capable of getting his spot back in the top six rotation. People have been saying, yeah, he's guaranteed to be in the top six. Then, you know, as uh, the offseason continued to progress, I was hearing play, uh, people, including myself, just saying like, you know what, maybe he should be moved to the bottom six because it's just like out of Sharon Govich and Jack Hughes, he's not really up to par with them. He's still a good player, but just with the players that we have now, maybe it's in our best interest to move him down. So keep an eye out for Yanni Kwokinen because in practice today, according to Amanda Stein, he was on the line with Zaka at center and Wood as a winger. So this is going to be a good experiment for Kwokinen. He's done it before, but can he prove that he doesn't need Jack Hughes or Igor Sharangovich in order to be successful? So I, I need Yanni Kwokinen to have a big game to keep that argument relevant because if he doesn't show out or if he's just a deer in headlights out there, then guess what? It's going to be a no-brainer that we move Yanni Kwokinen out of the top six rotation. So uh, I, I want Kwokinen to be successful, but at the same time, you know, maybe it is in our best interest to just move him down just based on, you know, who's stepping up to the plate. So we've seen Alexander Holt step up to the plate. We've seen Dawson Mercer step up to the plate. Now it's time for another one of our young guys to step up to the plate, and that's Yanni Kwokinen. In because you know some of our sophomore year players like Igor Sharangovich and then uh, someone like Jack Hughes have already proven that you know they're picking up right where they left off a few months ago. Now it's time for Yanni Kwokinen. Same with Pavel Zaka. I want him to continue to be on that hot streak. So that's another player to look out for, but I'm not really going to touch on that because I have a few other players in mind. Now let's give the defense some love, shall we? Graves and Hamilton. Uh, were paired in uh, today's practice at the time of this recording uh, for the New Jersey Devils. So uh, the thing is, I think Hamilton and Graves, this has not been confirmed at the time of this recording. I cannot reiterate this enough. This has not been confirmed, but it seems as though since they didn't play in the last game, I think Lindy Ruff is going to give Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton a shot to play in tonight's matchup against the Rangers. And remember, our specialty teams in the last game were absolutely god-awful. Now, uh, we don't have our team, you know, 100% uh, figured out. We're trying to give some guys a chance to prove what they could potentially do. And uh, for, for Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves, yes, that's going to be our top defensive pairing. But I want to see what they do in specialty teams, particularly in the power play opportunity uh, if, if that's how Lindy Ruff is going to roll with them because I feel as though Hamilton is a good offensive player who can help us in power play points and then Ryan Grace he has a great slap shot and you know uh, it, it's able to uh, just get there so I think Ryan Grace can be effective on the power play so the Devils need help in a lot of areas and specialty teams so I think Ryan Grace and Dougie Hamilton I think they're the players to look out for if we ever go into the power play opportunity so keep an eye out for Ryan Grace and Dougie Hamilton to uh, approve upon uh, what's already a very porous and very poor specialty team showing from the last matchup. So, like I said, we take these games with a grain of salt, but at the same time, it's just giving me a little bit of PTSD of what happened uh, months ago. So, 
for Ryan Graves and Dougie Hamilton, just expect them to just assert themselves and show their overall impact. So I will be watching closely to see what both of those players can potentially do. And lastly, it's not really a player that you should look out for, but it's something to make note of, similar to Pavel Zaka, is Andreas Janssen, because in practice, he was paired along Nico Heizer and Jesper Bratt. So uh, the, the thing about uh, Andreas Janssen, the reason why he had solid production over at the Toronto Maple Leafs organization is because he was paired with good players. Now, there's no excuse. I think Nico Heizer and Jesper Bratt, while they're not, you know, the players on the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, I think they're very solid players. If you uh, if you ask me, I, I don't know the players that Janssen was paired with in in, um, in in Toronto, but I don't think it was like Matthews or Marner or, or players like that. So I, I think it was, you know, players that were better than Heizer and Bratt, but still, Heizer and Bratt are very solid players. So Janssen, he's on the top line uh, projectedly for the New Jersey Devils in tonight's matchup. So keep an eye out for Janssen because this is going to be make or break. If he does not perform up to par midseason, he definitely will be traded because we don't want this to be like a Ryan Murray ordeal where he just walks away for essentially nothing because I want to get the most out of Andreas Janssen. But at the same time, if he's not performing up to par, I have no problem trading him. Or worse comes worse, we can make him a healthy scratch and make room for Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, and Nolan Foote. I have no issue either way, so pick your poison, Andreas Janssen. And another note I want to make up, where the heck is P.K. Subban? Like, he should be playing in these preseason games already, and yet uh, I'm looking at Amanda Stein's uh, 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 first practice session, and uh, Subban was nowhere to be found uh, with Graves or Hamilton. It's, you know, I see Yaros, I see White, I see Watherspoon, I see Russo, Ball, you know, I, I, I see a lot of other players, but not P.K. Subban. So I don't know if P.K. Subban will be playing in tonight's matchup. And like I said, this is just practice. This is not the confirmed lineup that Lindy Ruff is going to be rolling with tonight. So please do not shoot the messenger. I'm just going based off of what was available for practice from Amanda Stein. So just can't reiterate that enough. But let me know what you guys think. Who are the players that you are looking out for uh, during these scrimmage matchups? Uh, for the New Jersey Devils because they're uh, actually good tryouts for a lot of uh, players who are just trying to make a name for themselves. And remember, training camp is about to begin for the Utica comments, so expect a lot of players to get cut. And, you know, then our final roster is going to be looking clearer and clearer. And also, maybe Mercer will be playing in tomorrow's game. So uh, if Mercer is able to have another good game and just have that overall connection with Dougie Hamilton and uh, make another smart play, then I think Mercer has pretty much solidified himself a spot on this roster to begin the season. But that's my personal opinion. So thanks for listening, everybody. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils, and I will catch you guys in the next episode.